What is up, you beautiful, wonderful, legendary people? It is me, back here on the podcast seat yet again. Hollywood Tim Davis making my triumphant return after the uh, Bullet Club old tried to poison me and kill me. But, didn't work, bitches, because I'm back here with an episode just for you. Welcome back to Dummies of Wrestling. This episode, we're going to be talking about everything that's been happening in the last two weeks since I've been off. If you uh, didn't know, I've been hospitalized with pneumonia and uh, almost dying. Not really, but really sick. So I haven't been here. And uh, before we get into anything else, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone that sent me uh, better wishes and get better wishes and all those things. Really, really nice. I really appreciate everyone that did that and uh, made me feel really good that uh, a lot of people out there are, are caring for me and rooting for me. So just wanted to say thank you to everyone out there who sent those wishes. But I'm back. I'm cleared. I'm all good now. And it is back. It is time to get back into podcasting. And God damn, I've missed this. I really have. I really have. I've got a, uh, I've got a lot to talk about. On this episode, obviously, we're covering AEW All Out from Wembley, uh, London, and um, I have just finished watching it. Well, not really. I've, I've It's been a few hours, but I watched it today, uh, and I've got so many notes and uh, and thoughts and everything like that on the event as it as it uh, as it is. On top of that, <clears throat> we've also got the uh, predictions the uh, prediction results, which I'll be talking about at the end of this episode. But um, beyond that, also, before we get into my, uh, before we get into the prediction results, who won the championship, who retained, who won, who knows, uh, and before we get to my thoughts on AEW All In, there has been a lot of news coming out of all different avenues of wrestling in the past two weeks. And uh, since I've been off, I obviously haven't been able or well enough to really comment on it on um, audio format. So uh, I thought we'd just do a news segment before we start everything. Um, There is so much that's happened. Obviously, the big news being Bray Wyatt's death. We'll get to that in a second. But not only that, stuff that happened today uh, involving CM Punk and uh, Jack Perry. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I've got news on NWA as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got crazy, weird shit news. And um, AEW, once again, with All Out, news on matches for their next pay-per-view, which is in a week's time. What the fuck, really? Really, you're making me do that much work? Jesus, I just got out of hospital. Can you give me a break? But before we get into anything, we have to address the sad news, and that is, of course, Bray Wyatt's passing. Which, um, unless you've been under a rock, you know now that he passed. He, uh, he's gone. It was a very, very emotional week. I found out, um, I was taking my children to school. And on that day, they had a, a book week, um, parade kind of thing at their school where parents could go. My wife had to work. Uh, me being off work, I was able to go uh, my head was not in the right place watching my kids do a little fucking um, uh, sing and dance thing because Bray Wyatt passed. <laughs> and look, um, 
this is this is really this is really tough because for for, for a few reasons. Obviously, because he's a performer that everyone seemed to like. I, I don't. I never heard anyone say that. Oh, I don't like Bray Wyatt's character. I understand that there were people out there that didn't like the direction that the Bray Wyatt character was going, and that wasn't because of Wyndham Rotunda. That was because of the booking, the um, the storylines that WWE was building for him. I, I think we can all agree that Wyndham Rotunda as a person was an interesting um, interesting man, and Bray Wyatt was an interesting character. They just fucked up storylines with him that made you feel like, why should I bother to root for this guy? Now, in my opinion, Bray Wyatt was my favorite modern day performer. Out of anyone in WWE, he was my favorite, Be obviously for the, the obvious reasons. He's a bigger guy that kind of looks like me. He's big and hairy. He um, is much more of the horror feel than all these other um, characters. So it was very much un under my avenue, on my avenue, the, the Bray Wyatt character. And I always enjoyed what he was doing, even if I wasn't in total agreement with what he was doing. For, for example, when he started out with the Fun House, uh, what was it, the Fun the fun house, I fucking can't remember what it's called now, um, when he brought that out, and he was this character where he was like a children's entertainer, I was like, what the fuck are they doing with Bray Wyatt, what is this bullshit, I was so against it, until I watched a few segments, and I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is awesome, this is great, and there were moments like that throughout Bray Wyatt's career that, were stupid at first, but then you, you tended to like it. On the other side of the note, there were times where Bray Wyatt's character was completely buried. Uh, for example, him losing to Goldberg, which is massive for me because Goldberg's like my all-time favorite. Uh, I don't agree with that booking decision in the slightest, and I know that were many other people that would have agreed. Um, the Fiend losing to Seth Rollins in a Hell in a Cell, and it wasn't so much how he, it wasn't that he lost, it was how he lost. Things like that. So there was so many elements of the Bray Wyatt character or the Fiend character that didn't work, but it, it sucks. It really sucks because we're never going to get the real incarnation of what Bray Wyatt wanted to bring to us. You know, Honestly, he could have been up there. He could have been the next Undertaker. This massive character that was brought to life. But we'll never get that. It fucking sucks, man. It sucks. The other reason why it scared me, or it hit me hard, is because Bray Wyatt um, was my age. He was born in the same year as I am. And the way Bray Wyatt died, and according to Sean... Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, and he tweeted this, and I quote, I was given permission to reveal that earlier this year, Wyndham Rotunda, Bray Wyatt, got COVID that exacerbated at heart issues. There were a lot of positive progress towards a return and his recovery. Unfortunately, today he suffered a heart attack and passed away. That's what scared me, because with what I've been dealing with, <clears throat> Uh, this pneumonia and dealing with hospitals and doctors for the past two weeks, I've been on the mend. I've been I've been getting better. I've been having positive progress. 
and much like Bray Wyatt. And and what if, what if tomorrow I just there was a heart attack and I died? So it was it was scary like that because like I was in a similar situation where I fell ill, was getting better. You never know when your number's up. You never do. And that's scary. That really is. So it sucks, man. It really, really does. There's nothing more you can say that that no one said before. Um, I honestly believe that Bray Wyatt should be the main event for the Hall of Fame next year. And I know there's people that are going to disagree with me. There's going to be people that say, well, Bray Wyatt, he didn't do enough to deserve a Hall of Fame. And if you're one of those people that, that say that, that say he doesn't deserve to be in a Hall of Fame, then what are your stances on the Great Khali, on the Bella Twins, on Kid Rock, on Donald Trump, all these people that are in the Hall of Fame that have done fucking nothing, like really nothing. Bray Wyatt has done 10 times the amount than those people have done. And I'm only scratching the surface. There are so many other characters or people, personas that are in the Hall of Fame that have done nothing and don't deserve to be in there. So Bray Wyatt, in my opinion, should be in the Hall of Fame next year. I don't care. I would rather it be him personally, but if they want to do two with Bray Wyatt and the Wyatt family, I'm all for it. Give it to us because I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt, man. Um, there's nothing more I can say that hasn't been said. We've all we've all shed our tears, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I I cried on the SmackDown um, tribute show, which I said on the um, <clears throat> on the Dummies of Horror group page that I don't think they did the best job that they could do, and I'll still stand by that. But whatever, um, it was still emotional. I'm pretty sure that everyone that watched it or everyone that's fans of Bray Wyatt shed a tear that day. But life goes on. It fucking sucks. We're never going to get to see Bray Wyatt again. We're never going to get to see The Fiend or Uncle Howdy or that reveal or anything like that. We'll probably find out what the what the, what the plans were in some podcast down the road. But we'll never get to see it in front of our eyes. So rest in peace, Wyndham Rotunda. 36 years old, man. Fucking hell, that's my age. That's how old I am. Jesus, fuck me. All right, so we got the unpleasantries out of the way. The uh, the worst of the worst. But let's talk about everything else. So I'm going to spoil something right now. Uh, to anyone out there that um, watches NWA and was planning on watching NWA's 75th anniversary. Um, here's a spoiler. <laughs> I, I found this interesting. I did. I know there's people out there that probably do not give a shit about this, but EC3, uh, you might remember him from his time in Impact Wrestling or his time in WWE. Uh, he was versing Tyrus in a bull rope match. Now, Tyrus being Brodus Clay from um, WWE, Remember the, the big guy that wanted to call his mama? Somebody call my mama. That dude. He was the NWA uh, heavyweight champion for a while. And so EC3 and Tyrus had a bull rope match on NWA's 75th anniversary show. And um, EC3 defeated Tyrus to become the new NWA heavyweight champion. Now, why I'm bringing this up is because the stipulation counted that if Tyrus lost, he must retire. 
So Tyrus is now retired. Uh, Brodus Clay is no more, unfortunately. Uh, to anyone out there that watched NWA, I found this interesting because they're two characters and persons that were in the, the spotlight in WWE, so it might be newsworthy to you. If you don't give a shit, then whatever. Let's just, let's just get past it, okay? Let's just get past it, whatever. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about AEW All Out. So, we had All In. It's done. You, you're going to hear my thoughts in a second. Uh, we also got another pay-per-view, which is coming out this weekend. Yep, um, AW All Out, and some people are some people are like me and uh, think this is dumb, having no build whatsoever to anything, and um, making people pay for a pay per view that has absolutely zero build. We don't even know what the uh, main event of this pay per view is yet. We know really nothing, but. On the media scrum after All In, there were some matches that were made. So I'm going to reveal some of those matches that were made on the media scrum. So if you want to know who Kenny Omega is facing, uh, Don Callis issued a challenge for Kenny Omega to face Konusku Takashita at All Out. So Omega and Takashita are going to be facing at All Out, I assume. Which will be a good match. Um, take a shitter. I know his name is Takeshita. I know it. It's just funny saying take a shitter because it looks like it's spelt that way. Um, they, it's going to be a good match. It will. <sighs> Do I care? I, I don't know. <laughs> not really. Not really. Um, on another match, we had... Uh, it was announced that Orange Cassidy will face Pentagon... For the AEW International Title on Dynamite this week on Dynamite, Dynamite. This is this is this Wednesday or Thursday, wherever you're from. Uh, but the winner of that match will defend the title against John Moxley at All Out. So it will either be Orange Cassidy or Pentagon facing John Moxley. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy at All Out for the International Title, and. I don't know who I'm going to pick for that because a Orange Cassidy has had that championship for a long time and uh, it, it's kind of done and he, he, he kind of needs to get he, he kind of needs to take it take it away. But John Moxley winning the international title, it's like really like can we give it to an up and comer or someone different other than John Moxley? I'm, we'll talk about the BCC in a second, the Blackpool Combat Club, but I'm kind of getting over them. I really am. So, yeah. Uh, on top of that, we we also had um, Miro being challenged by Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, that match is going to take place at All Out. And I believe that Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander will be facing off for the TBS Championship um, at all out. Sorry, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to find the Wikipedia page to see if there's anything that I've missed regarding this um, this event. So, oh, we've also got Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT Championship, which yeah, cool. <laughs> 
And that's it. That That's all the matches that we've got so far. So Luchasaurus versus Darby Allen for the TNT title. Miro versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho for the TBS championship. Uh, the, the international championship. Moxley versus Orange Cassidy. And Kenny Omega versus Takeshita. That is all we've got announced so far. I'm sure MJF... I, I don't know. I don't know what MJF is going to do. Um... I don't know. I don't know if I want to watch it, to be perfectly honest. To be 100% honest, I, I, I don't know if I want to watch it. I really don't. So we'll see. It depends what happens on Thursday. They could throw together the best fucking lineup, but we'll see. We will see. Um, all right. Also, it was announced on um, All In that... AEW will return to Wembley Stadium on August 25th, 2024. They're doing it again. They're going to London next year, which uh, in, if you ask my opinion, I think, well done. They uh, they did a really good show. We'll get to it in a second, but they did really well, and I think it's well-deserved that they should return back. So if you are in the UK, go to it. I would be there, but I can't get to the UK. So, yeah. All right. Last bit of uh, information that I'll bring up, and this is, of course, regarding what happened at All In today between CM Punk and Jungle Boy Jack Perry. So apparently, apparently, um, there was a fight, an altercation backstage between CM Punk and Jack Perry. Now, if you don't know the story, um, and this is obviously I have no insight into the real story on what or what's happening or anything like that. But what I've read is that Jungle Boy Jack Perry wanted to do a bump on Real Glass. CM Punk said, "You're a dumbass. That's stupid. Don't do that." Which I mean, CM Punk is kind of in the right in this. But uh, Jack Perry was like, "No, you're just an old washed-up has-been." Which Jack Perry is kind of right. Um, and they've kind of had an altercation about that because Jungle Boy wants to do some crazy shit and CM Punk's trying to, trying to save his life. That's, that's what I've kind of got. But apparently, uh, after all in, so Jungle Boy and Hook had their match and then the next match was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Apparently backstage between those two matches, uh, there was an altercation between Punk and and Jack Perry, and according to one side, this is from Wrestle Purists, according to the one side of the story, it's claimed that Jack Perry approached CM Punk backstage and stepped in his face and bumped Punk. Punk was said to have then pushed Perry. Perry allegedly allegedly came at Punk and got choked. That's from Fightful Select, I apologize. Uh, Miro has commented on that, saying that's fake and untrue. Uh, also, Sean, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com has gone on and said, here's the cliff notes for some clarity. CM Punk's side says, Jack Perry approached him, got in his face, bumped him, Punk shoved him, choked him. Other accounts say that Punk approached Perry, they exchanged words, Punk threw the first punch, grabbed a front face lock, it was broken up. 
We will have more details and on an account on Fightful Select. So this is basically the same as the Bucks and Omega versus Punk story. In that Punk has his own version of what happened and everyone else has their own story. It seems to me... Now, I'm not saying that this person's right or this person's wrong. But what I am saying that trouble seems to follow Punk everywhere he goes. And for those people, those performers that say that Punk is a cancer, it's kind of looking like that way. And I know that there's people that listen right now, listening right now, that are purely CM Punk mega fans. And love everything he do he does, would kiss the ground that he walks on, and um, your world, <laughs> your dummy's world champion, Robert Hungy, is one of those people who think that CM Punk can do no wrong. Rob, there has to be a time where you you must sigh and say, maybe CM Punk is the problem here. Maybe it's not everyone else. Maybe it's CM Punk. Because this is getting ridiculous now. To the point where CM Punk always seems to be in the center of something happening. I I don't want to sit here and say that this person's right, this person's wrong. For all we know, Jungle Boy could be in the complete wrong right now. And CM Punk's doing the best thing for everyone else. I don't know. But it just seems that CM Punk is always in the center of these fights. And... It must, it, it's going to get, I feel like it's going to get to a point where Tony Khan just turns around and goes, all right, this is enough. Punk, what the fuck are you doing? But he won't because Tony Khan just likes to have cuddles with the boys. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I feel that this isn't going to be the last time we're going to get an altercation with CM Punk involved. But um, yeah. Um, (laughs) if you want my honest opinion, I think that CM Punk is not worth the money that he's been getting paid. That's my honest opinion. He's fine as a performer. Is he the best in the world? No, he stole that catchphrase from Chris Jericho. Straight and simple. And if you want to, if you want to fight with me about that, if you want to say, no, CM Punk had that catchphrase first, fuck off. Jericho had that catchphrase well before Punk. Punk's come in and said, I like Pepsi and I like your catchphrase. I'm taking it. He's not the best in the world. He's not. He's far from it. He's not even, in in my opinion, Punk's not even in the top 10 of all-time greats. Not Not even in the top 20. I can list 20 better performers than Punk. I'm not going to do it now because who cares? But in my opinion... Um, I think CM Punk is a little bitch. So, <laughs> and I don't care if, if CM Punk fucking hears this, well, I mean, what's he going to do? Punch me and, and tell everyone else that I punched him first. I don't give a fuck, whatever. Anyway, guys, that is the news for wrestling in the past couple of weeks. Rest in peace, Bray Wyatt. Obviously, we'll be having a little tribute to him at the end of this show. My own tribute. Um, obviously I can't do everything so if people out there going oh that tribute wasn't that great okay i'm a little fucking podcaster here from australia get off my back i can't call in bo dallas and say hey can i get an interview 
But yeah, there'll be a little tribute for Bo, uh, for Bray Wyatt at the end of this podcast. So yeah, let's do it. AEW all in. Let's get to my thoughts. And the first thing I do want to say is this overall was a good, fun pay-per-view, pay-le, whatever, they, whatever they're called right now. I can't remember. Good fun event. I had a I had a genuinely fun time for the majority of this thing. Now I do have problems, and it's the problem with AEW pay per views that I find myself having. Um, AEW pay per views don't seem to have breaks, and that's what annoys me because when you're doing a four hour or five hour, if you want to watch the buy in, which I did this time. Um, a five-hour event, there are times where I would like to go to the toilet, make myself a snack, uh, do whatever i got to do, and I watch my AEW events on Fight TV, and for some weird reason, I don't know if it's just my subscription or whatever it is, but when you pause it, it doesn't pause. It, it still keeps going just very slowly. So you have to fucking race to do what you're doing. Um, otherwise you're going to miss it. It's annoying as shit. I didn't watch it live this time, so I could, I could rewind it, but it's just annoying. And if we could have just like segments in between the matches, not just match, match starts, match, match finishes, next match, match starts, match finishes and so on and so forth. It's, it's annoying. Just give us some breaks. And that, that's what WWE does. At least they do some ads or at least they have segments like backstage segments or interviews or something. AEW doesn't do that and it annoys me. That's just my take of it. So we'll start in with the with the buy-in. And I never really watched the buy-ins because I don't really care. But this time I did, obviously because of the Ring of Honor tag titles. Um... MJF versus Aussie Open. And you would think that me being an Australian myself, that I'd be there going for my fellow Australians. No, no. Even even if one of them has the same last name as I do, um, I don't care. I don't, I don't give a shit about Aussie Open. I think they're, they're, they're good. Like, they're good performers and all that stuff, but I just, I just don't care. I just don't give a shit about these guys. I was completely going for MJF and Adam Cole in this this match was fucking great. I had so much fun with this match. I really, really did. Um, I, I won't say the best match of the night, but it's up there. It's in, in my opinion, it's, it's the top three. This was the perfect opener for this event. And we had some questions on the scorecard. Does he do the kangaroo kick? Do they do the double clotheslines? And all that stuff. And yes, of course, they did all of that. The kangaroo kicks... I, I thought it was fucking great. MJF pretending to be a kangaroo was fun. It was silly, but fun. And it just got the got the crowd going. I give this a 4.5 stars. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, we, then, we then get some uh, interesting segments throughout the buy-in. Uh, they show Mercedes Monet in the crowd. Sasha Banks. That, my friends, is a surprise. And uh, if you are like me, and there were some people that, that were like me in the scorecards who had written down um, 
Mercedes Monet as a surprise, you would have been ticked correctly because she is a surprise. Uh, weird that she was in the crowd but never showed up on stage or anything. That was a bit weird to me. But you know what? She was there, so I'm classing that as a surprise. Also, we got a random weird segment with Jeff Jarrett and his group of phonies um, talking shit. And, of course, uh, the big show, Paul White and Anthony Agogo. I, I, I blanked on his name for a second. They came out to um, distract or, or destroy Jeff Jarrett. Not only that, but um, Grado. A wrestler by the name of Grado. Now, don't ask me who this guy is. All I know is that he's a Scottish independent wrestler. That's all I know about this guy. He looks like shit. Um, but he was there. And he smashed uh, the guitar on Jarrett's head. Now, this was a rumored match that was meant to take place. It didn't. Thank you, Christ. Because I don't care about it, to be perfectly honest. But I also did have Grado as a surprise a, uh, a surprise appearance. So, boom, another tick for me. I'm just mentioning it that even though it's in the buy-in, it still counts. Because a lot of people were watching the buy-in because of MJF and uh, Aussie Open match. And I, I forgot to mention that, yeah, MJF and Cole won new Ring of Honor Tag Champions, which was fucking great. I think, I think that's cool. I think that what they're doing with this storyline with MJF and Adam Cole, I'm so glad it's continuing. We'll get to that later. <coughs> also on the buy-in, as I mentioned before, we got the FTW Championship between Jack Perry and Hook. This was another great match. Holy shit, the buy-in was fun. This was a really fun buy-in. I, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, Jack Perry did a rolling thunder on top of the limo that he came out for. And it looked fucking great. It really did. But then Jack Perry, and I'm guessing that this is why the confrontation between CM Punk and himself went down, is because Jack Perry smashed on the uh, the windshield of the limo and said, Real glass, cry, go cry a river. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I thought it was really funny, but I'm guessing that's why the altercation started. Um, Hook wins back the FDW Championship. This was a fun match. It really was. I had a lot of fun watching these two performers go at it. Um, overall, man, the buy-in buy-in was uh, great. It was great all around. So I give this FTW Championship a four stars. Yeah, that's right. I had a really good time watching the, the buy-in, so... Anyway, on to the main show. Here we go. The show starts, and I've got to say, straight up, congratulations to AEW on making this event and making this look as big and huge as it is. This one, this looked like a mania-level event with the amount of people there, and they said 81-plus thousand. I don't know if that's legit or what it is, but it doesn't matter. They did a record number, Either way, uh, they succeeded compared to like when the, when the news broke of them going to Wembley Arena, Wembley Stadium. So many people shit on them, saying, "Oh, that they, they won't get, they won't sell nearly as enough tickets." But look what they did. So you have to congratulate AEW for doing what they do. 
and we get straight into it. No opening or anything like that, which once again kind of annoyed me. Like this is your first time at an in another country. I mean, across the pond. You know what I mean. I know they went to Canada and things like that, but big <laughs> Heather's gonna hate me. Big country. <laughs> Canada's basically fucking a, a, a two-hour drive. You know what I'm. You know what I mean. Wembley fucking arena. It's a big deal. Okay. Um, there, there was no opening. There was no big fireworks spectacle. There was no like welcome to AEW All In. Nothing like that. It was just boom straight into the first match, which is CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the real world championship. Now, all right. I don't like this real championship thing that they're doing. Is this is this real? Is this real world championship actually real? Like, does AEW now have two world championships? Is that what they're going for? And if they are, can can they explain it a bit better? Uh, or just are we going to call it the AEW championship and the real AEW championship? Because if that's the case, then fuck you, CM Punk. Really, fuck you. You got stripped of the championship. MJF is the real champion. Straight up. Not you, CM Punk. Not you. I I, I don't like the fact that they're calling it the real world championship. Because it's not. It's not. I don't care if you sprayed an X on it. It makes it look dodgy. It's not cool like the NWO fucking WCW championship. Whatever. Um, The crowd in this is fucking great. In this match. They were so mixed for Punk and loving Joe for everything he did. Um, Joe slammed Punk through the bottom of the announce table, which I'm classing as a uh, announce table break because it was a different way they broke it, but they still broke it. I thought that was fucking great. And then Joe just flipping off CM Punk. Um, Punk doing a Cena tribute and then a Hogan tribute, which I thought was fucking funny. This match, they, they both competitors seem to be having a lot of fun with it while doing their job the best that they can. I thought that both competitors did a really, really good job. This match overall was a lot of fun. You could tell that the competitors were having fun. And CM Punk wins with the Pepsi Plunge, which is basically just a pedigree from the top rope. Um, it's... On paper, it sounds fucking cool, but it's an awkward move to watch, and I don't like it. I don't like... It doesn't really... It doesn't look good. I'm going to be honest, man. Maybe it was just the way Samoa Joe took it, but I've seen it happen a few times, and it never really looks good. But whatever. The Pepsi... The Pepsi plunge for the win. CM Punk continues to be the fake world champion, and uh, yeah... I don't, I don't know where he's going. Maybe he'll feud with the Bullet Club, Jay White versus CM Punk. It's going to get to a point where CM Punk's going to have no competition because no one will want to work with him because he's just a bitch. I'm sorry, Robert Hungy, but you've got to admit, man, the more and more he does this, the more and more of a dick he looks like. Anyway, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. I thought this match was great. I loved it. Four stars. We then got the Golden Elite versus the Bullet Club Gold and Take a Shitter. And I'm going to be real, man. 
I feel that this isn't a money match that Omega should have had for this event. It honestly feels like a normal Dynamite match. That's the gist. I wasn't excited for this match. Straight up, I really wasn't. It didn't feel like an exciting match to me. I felt that Kenny Omega probably would have been better with having a one-on-one match. Maybe with like Don Callis. I don't know. I don't know. But it just didn't feel like an exciting match. On top of that, Juice Robinson annoys the piss out of me. The way he looks, his hair is just fucking gross. Um, His ring attire is boring. And the way he sounds, the way he sounds is fucking, oh, it gets under my skin. I like, I don't like, he doesn't annoy me as much as like Cody Rhodes does or anything like that. But Jesus, fuck, fuck off. Just go away. He's like a little fucking weasel rat that you just want to kick. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, this match (laughs) wraps up with a roll up. Cool. Ah, man. Okay. I'm going to be real. I found this match boring. Like it was nothing special about it. It was a typical Omega match. I didn't find it interesting at all. It had the same beats as any other match you watch on Dynamite. It wasn't great. I I I gave it a two stars because I'm feeling generous, but I just wasn't into this match. I wasn't. I didn't care. So, yeah. Next match, we've got the Tag Team Championships between FTR and the Young Bucks. And the Young Bucks come out with a new weird theme um, about super kicks. Oh, what was it, man? It was something... It was like an LL Cool J ripoff. Super kick's gonna knock you out, or something like that. And... And I'm listening to this this song that they're playing, and I, and I get what they're doing. They're trying to be funny. It's basically what, what I got from it. It's an LL Cool J ripoff song. You know the song, Mama Gonna Knock You Out. But instead, they were, they they said the word super kick gonna knock you out instead of mama, which is complete and utter bullshit, considering that the, the Young Bucks do about 20 to 30 super kicks per match. So really, super kicks are not gonna knock you out. Uh, unless you do 20 or 30 in a row. So that song was kind of dumb. But anyway, they come out to that and they just seem kind of douchey with their themes and the way they present themselves. And they come out dressed like um, Freddie Mercury, which is fine and fun because Freddie Mercury was huge in Wembley for Live Aid. Um, but I don't know. The, the Young Bucks are kind of... And I get that this is their kind of gimmick, that they're kind of douchebags, but they're kind of rubbing me the wrong way. I don't know. Um, this match here, I'm kind of gonna, I'm kind of gonna sound like a broken record here because I wasn't really into this match either. It wasn't a bad match. Right? Overall, the match was good, but it's nothing that I would tell people that they need to go and watch. What annoyed me about this match is that the whole match was literally just a spot fest where you would have something happen and then it would be a close call where people would just keep getting, keep kicking out on two. And it happened that much that I was like, oh, this is getting fucking annoying. This is really getting annoying. Um, 
it, I, I will say that this match was better than the uh, the previous match with the Golden Elite, but I just got annoyed by the amount of things that they were doing to each other. For example, a spike pile driver, which is one of the most insane moves you can take, which is bro, which has ended people's careers, which has put people on shelves for months, yet these people here just kick out. And it happens a lot, man. It happens a lot in AEW where these wrestlers will kick out of moves that shouldn't be kicked out of. They should be protected. For example, last week on Dynamite, when John Moxley versus Ray Phoenix, and he did the um, uh, the fuck, what's what's Moxley's fucking finisher? The DDT, the double underhook DDT, paradigm shift. He did that off the top rope or the middle rope, and Ray Phoenix kicked out. I'm like, what? Why would you kick out? That's fucking dumb. And then they, <laughs> he 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 taps two seconds later. It's like, why would you do that? Why would you kick out of someone's finisher off the top rope? Like it's things that AEW do that that like this that just annoy me. So when they kick out of big moves like tombstones off the fucking top rope, it's like, okay. That's dumb, man. It's a fucking tombstone. You're landing on your head. You're breaking your neck. Hypothetically, doing this match. Doing this move. Whatever. I'm talking shit right now. Either way, uh, this match was fine. It worked. It was a 2.5 stars for me. I just found it just repetitive. Repetitive. Kick out. Kick out. Big spot. Big spot. Kick out. Fucking hell. Just end the match already. Jesus Christ. (sighs) Alright. Stadium Stampede was the next match. We had uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, the best friends and um, Penta versus the Blackpool Combat Club and Santana on Ortiz. And this felt, this match, honestly, just felt like a match put together last minute because all these people had nothing to do. So Tony Khan was just like, all right, let's just put all of you guys together in a big, huge match so you're on the card. That's what this match felt like. Like, why is Santa Santana and Ortiz pissed off with Kingston? Did I miss something? I'm sure I missed something because last I remember, they were all friends. So what's the go with that? And like, have we ever really got an explanation as to why Eddie Kingston and Claudio don't like each other? I feel like we have, but it's it must not be that interesting enough for me to care. Um... This match here, Stadium Stampede is a good idea on paper, but there comes to a point where it's annoying to watch because they're fucking everywhere all at once and you can't focus on what's happening at every point. Unless you're going to have four different cameras in the one screen, picture in picture, picture in picture, all that stuff. Unless you're going to do that, you can't follow this match. And... There were things that happened in this match that I just thought were dumb. Like, Sue, who I believe is Chuck's mum, drives in with a van to deliver cookies. Like, fuck me. Is this, is this, like, is this comedy that people think is funny? Like, who the fuck is Sue? I, I honestly, I, I know that she's someone's mum, but what's the go with her? Why does she show up to 
random events and why do people care that someone's mum is there? On top of that, Penta gets taken backstage and at, at the time I'm like, oh shit, he's hurt. Awesome. Uh, but then he comes back as Evil Penta. Can't remember his name for that, but he comes back as Red Penta. Um, and the way he came out, like they, they, they played his music and it was so lackluster. No one really knew what was happening, but he came dressed back out as Red. And it's like, what the fuck is hap- What is happening in this match? This match, look, it held my attention and had some really fun and violent, violent moments, such as the barbecue skewers in the head, which was great. Uh, Moxley, of course, bleeding first, which everyone knows is a given with a Moxley match. But it's getting to the point now where I'm like, what is the point of the Blackpool Combat Club? What is their end goal? What do they want to achieve? Because if this is all it is, come, like, what are they, where do they go from here? Are they going to continue feuding with Orange Cassidy's group and Eddie Kingston? Because if that's what happened, like, gee, are we going to get fucking blood and guts again with the Blackpool Combat Club? I'm getting to a point now where I'm getting over the Blackpool Combat Club because they're not doing anything. It's the same old song and dance every single time. It's Moxley bleeding. It's them going, look how tough we are. Look how much we can spray blood and, and destroy people, but then lose. It's getting annoying. Can we do something with these people? And I, I can't even remember. Is Claudio still the Ring of Honor World Champion? Is that is that? I cannot remember. Holy shit. I don't know. Let me know. Comment below. Uh, I could just look it up now, but I don't. I don't care. <laughs> On top of that, I don't care. Whatever. Uh, look, man, this match was fine. Two point five stars. It, it had some cool moments, but overall, I don't think that there's a Stadium Stampede match that I'll ever go back to. So, women's championship. We have the fatal four way between Soraya versus Hikaru Shida versus Tony Storm versus Britt Baker DMD. And this was not a bad match, but I just felt that the ending was a little rushed. Now, Soraya came out with her family. I thought that that was cool. I really did. Uh, something that WWE would have never done showcased um, Soraya's family. Obviously, her family being huge wrestling people themselves. Uh, if you've ever watched Fighting With My Family, you will know that. Or if you've ever read any of Soraya's um, books or anything like that, you know her background. Really cool to see that. I thought that was great. Uh, Hikara Shida. Hikara Shida, man, she's fucking great. I really like her. Tony Storm's new gimmick, where she's like a old school, classic Hollywood persona. Um, kind of confusing because when she came out, I'm like, so is she still with the outcasts, but she's taken over this different persona? What's the go here? Um, okay. You want to do that? And Brick Baker, Brick, Britt Baker is just Britt Baker. She's the same. <laughs> she's great. Britt Baker's great. Look, man, this match was good. Uh, it was a good match, but I just felt that the ending just came out of nowhere. Most of us knew or predicted that Saraya was going to win. But the way she won, I just felt it would—it just came out of nowhere. And I was like, wait, what? Is that how it's over? Like, Brit 
Okay, whatever. Anyway, look, Soraya is the new women's champion. I'm glad it happened. I think it needed to, especially in her hometown. And I feel, I hope now with these four people and what happened with the outcasts that maybe we can get some story building in the women's division because Jesus, fuck me Christ, does it need it? It it really does. The women's division really, really needs some decent story. Uh, Three stars for me. All right. Next match. Uh, We've got four matches left, so... (laughs) Next match, we've got the Coffin match. Sting and Darby Allen versus Christian Cage and Swerve Strickland. Sting comes out to seek and destroy by Metallica, which if you are a fucking wrestling nerd like myself, you will remember that that was his theme music back in WCW after he did all the crow shit in like uh, end of 1999 to 2000 until it was just done. Sting used to come out to Seek and Destroy by Metallica. When I heard that music play and Sting coming out, I was jerking myself off so hard with my WCW little fanboy tears coming out. And I was like, oh my god, this is great. Is Goldberg going to come out? Um, I loved it. I thought it was fucking great. Just uh, full nostalgia for me. And I love... I fucking love Sting, man. I really did. I've I've been a fan of his since 1998 when I first started watching wrestling. So... Loved it. Uh, First Weapon was one of the questions in this scorecard. And so many people had different picks. I I predicted a chair. A few people said bat, which I thought was an interesting choice. Uh, A few people said skateboard, which was uh, another interesting choice. The First Weapon was a (laughs) jacket with a lot of thumbtacks on it. Yep. The next, the next one was like a paddle bat, which if that was the first one, the people that said bat would have got the points. But no, it's the jacket with the thumbtacks, so no one gets the points there. Um, Sting still going through tables and stuff at his age is fucking awesome. And he doesn't look his age at all. He's in his 60s, and he does not look like he's in his 60s. It's fucking great. I hope, I'd love to see Sting keep going. As much as his body can take it, I would love to see him keep on going. Darby Allen coffin drop to the coffin, leaving a massive dent was great. Then coffin drop to the coffin, which had Swerve Strickland hanging out, was the best finish to his match. This was a fun match, and I knew it was going to be because of the stipulation it had, and also because of Sting. Um, I'm a big Sting mark. So I give this a three stars. Not a match that I'd ever return to, but watching it was a lot of fun. So well done to those guys. All right, next match. We've got Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. And we heard the, we heard the news that Jericho was going to sing himself to, um, to the ring. But Jericho... Starts off by doing his best Freddie Mercury impression back in Live Aid where um, where Freddie Mercury was panning to the crowd doing the Ayo! all that stuff and making the crowd sing back to him. I thought that that was cool. Uh, Jericho probably fucking blowing his own load while doing that, doing his own Freddie Mercury uh, reaction. 
would would have been fucking great. Anyway, um, Jericho comes out singing Judas. A lot of fun. Would have been great to be there singing along with him. Um, this match here, very much what I expected. I thought that this was, I thought this match was going to be good. I um, from what I can remember, and this is going to shock some people. From what I can remember, I don't recall ever having watched a Will Ospreay match. I've seen highlights, don't get me wrong. And I've seen clips and all that stuff, but I don't think I've ever seen an actual Will Ospreay match in full. And I could be wrong. I could be miss- missing something huge. Um, but I've never, I, I didn't watch any of the for- Forbidden Doors. Um, I've never, I've never watched New Japan. So I don't think I've ever actually seen a Will Ospreay match. A single one-on-one match, anyway. Um, but he's fu- he's really good, man. <laughs> He's really, really good. He's uh, talented for sure. Um, German suplex on the ring apron, which looked painful as hell. What happened in this match, though, that kind of confused me is that Jericho starts flipping off the crowd, like sticking his middle finger up to the crowd. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Hang on. Isn't Jericho the baby face in this story? I get, look, I get it that Will Ospreay is in his hometown. I understand that. But by the storyline, Jericho got screwed over by Don Callis and Will Ospreay. So by storyline standards, isn't he the babyface in this? So should... Look, he obviously is playing the heel because of hometown advantage. But why are you flipping off the crowd when you're trying to play the victim in this storyline? I, I was a little confused by that, but whatever. Either way, man, this was a good match. Jericho can still go for his age, much like Sting, but this was, at the same time, a little predictable. You knew what was going to happen with this match and all that stuff, so although I did enjoy it, it, it was just not as great as I would have wanted it to be. So three and a half stars. Um, on top of that, they there was a little story building... With Jer- with, at the end with Jericho and Sammy Guevara, where Jericho pushed Sammy Guevara. So it made me think, is that what's going to happen for All Out? Jericho versus Guevara? Is that the story that they're building to? And if that's the story, I don't want it. Because one week is not enough build for that story. I don't believe. I really don't. But we'll see what happens. Maybe Jericho versus someone else, and he loses and gets more angry at Guevara, and then this is long-term storytelling. So, who knows? Who knows? All right. We have the Trio's Championship, House of Black versus The Acclaimed. House of Black came out, and as they always do, they come out to um, Pitch Black, and this was fucking great, man. This was really, really cool. Um, People putting their phones up in the sky, uh, which they've done many, many times, means nothing. But in this case, it did. Taz on commentary said, look at the fireflies out in the crowd. And then Buddy Matthews comes out with the lantern and puts it in front of him. That was so fucking cool, man. I thought that that was a great tribute to Bray Wyatt. Uh, really, really cool. And they announced it. I like how they announced it and they don't shy away from that just because he was in a different company. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. You're all fighting on the same team. 
You know, I know you're different companies and all that stuff, but together you're fighting for the same thing, right? So it was really cool. It was really cool for AEW to do a little tribute to Bray Wyatt. I, I do like that. Uh, the claim come out to a a uh, rap as they always do, which won the crowd over. I didn't really understand it because I'm not from London, obviously, but yeah, it, it was fun. Um, Billy Gunn just looking like a fucking giant compared to everyone else. It makes me laugh every time I see him. But um, Julia Hart gets in the ring and Billy Gunn loudly gives her the suck it ch- chops and yells, <laughs> suck my dick. I thought that was fucking hilarious. I laughed my ass off. Um, but uh, the acclaim win. Elsie, you were right. I was speaking to, um, I was speaking to Elsie, one of our uh, participants here in the predictions, and um, and she made some good points, and she said it, it kind of makes sense that the acclaimed could win here, because this could be Billy Gunn's, like, last ride, you know, and when she said that, and I, and I said this to her, I'm like, shit, maybe I should have chosen the acclaimed to win this. I didn't, I picked House of Black to win this, and uh, I got that wrong. But, um, yeah, a claim win, so well done, Elsie, on getting that right. It's good to see Billy Gunn as champion for probably the last time, I'm guessing. I, I don't see him going too much longer, but I, who knows? He could be up there with Sting. Who knows? So, yeah, it's cool. I like it. I wonder if they're going to continue the um, the house rules where the... Uh, where the people can pick their own rules and all that stuff. I doubt it, but we'll see what happens with it. But I wonder where House of Black go from here. I would actually like to see um, Alistair going after Punk and then Buddy and Brody going for the tag titles and having a stable that's uh, dominant. I, I think that would be good booking. I thought I think... I think Alistair with the fucking championship would look great around his waist. So there's a direction that they could go. Whether they do that, probably not. Because CM Punk's the real world champion. And he's got to hold it for 20 years. Because, yeah, he thinks he's fucking worth it. Anyway, let's get to the um, let's get to the final match. The main event, which we all predicted would be the main event. The AEW World Championship, MJF versus Adam Cole, baby. This is the real, real world title here. So Adam Cole comes out to a massive pop. Then MJF comes out to his special entrance. That it's starting to feel a little less special because he seems to use it at every event. It's still fun to watch, but when he comes out dressed in the devil mask with the slow theme, it's kind of like, all right, you seem to do this at every pay-per-view. Maybe do something different. Either way, this match, in my opinion, was the best match of the night. Uh, And I knew it would be because, let's be real, MJF is really a generational talent. This guy knows how to entertain. From in-ring performance to just verbally um, speaking on the mic, um there's just so much that this guy does that's just so great everything he does obviously on the microphone he's perfect 
in the ring. He's just so entertaining to watch. And when he speaks loud during his matches, it's always so funny. I fuck MJF is the fucking highlight of every event, every wrestling company out there. I don't think that there's a better performer, in my humble opinion. I really don't think that there's a better performer out there right now, entertainment-wise. So, there's so much to talk about this match that I'm not going to speak too much, but the suplex from Adam Cole to MJF onto the steel steps. Jesus fucking Christ. That looked painful as hell. And well done to both competitors for taking that. Um, This match just had so many good points to it until they did the double clothesline spot where they both got counted out and it was revealed to be a draw. And then they had the, uh, the verbal fight where Adam Cole said five more minutes <laughs> and MJF said the best line, we're going till we have a fucking winner here in Wembley. I thought that was so good. Such a good line. And this match kept going. And it went perfectly, in my opinion. Absolutely perfectly. I I thought things would happen differently with, with Roderick Strong. I honestly believed that Cole was going to turn on Roderick Strong in this. Didn't go that way, but from everything else, with them two continuing to be friends and all that stuff, I thought that this match ended perfectly. I'm so happy that these two are going to continue being friends. This storyline is not uh, nowhere near over. This We're having too much fun with it. We really are. Um, MJF retains the championship. I'm happy with that. I'm interested to see what they do at All Out with MJF. Is he gonna? Is he gonna um, defend his championship again? Who knows? We'll see. But either way, match this this match was a five stars. I fucking loved this match. I thought it was so much fun from start to finish. Everything about it was great. Both these guys know how to close the show. They really do. So all up, man. This match was decent. Not my favorite AEW pay-per-view that we've seen, but all in all, I thought that this pay-per-view was a lot of fun. Now, to close this podcast, we have the prediction results. So, in the in the match we've got myself, Hollywood Tim Davis, we've got the champion Robert Hungy. Then we also got Elsie from the um, Bullet Club Old. We've got Don and Ellie. We've got Paul Lindsay from the uh, NWO. We've got Scott Crawford and Zach Davis, both from Bullet Club Old. And we've got Jerry Herring. So, as we always do, coming in last until we get to a winner. Coming in last, we've got a tie. And, oh shit, you know what I forgot to do? If you can give me two seconds, i got to tell you how many... Uh, points it's out of, so three. Alright, so out of 36, the total scorecard is. So, coming in last, 15 out of 36. We've got a tie here. Zach Davis and Paul Lindsay both coming in with 15 points. Thank you, boys, for coming. Coming in next with a total of 20, we have a four-way tie. 
A four-way tie here, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Jerry Herring, Scott Crawford, Elsie, and Robert Hungry. Oh, yeah. All coming in with 20 points, which leaves only two competitors, myself and Donna Nelly. So, will there be a new champion? Will it be a tie? Who wins? Let's get to it. Coming in next, with a score of 21, we have Mr. Don Anelli. Thank you, Don, for coming. You came really close this time. But, unfortunately, losing to me with a total of 23 points, I, Hollywood Tim Davison, once again, your predictions world champion. Oh, Robert Hungy, how does it feel losing your title after holding it for, what, a month? Wow, well done. You know what? I let you hold that championship while I took myself to hospital to get checked over. That's all that happened. That's all that happened. You really thought that you could take that title off me for good? Nah, nah, Sonny Jim. I'm sorry. And look, man, I uh, I didn't believe it myself. I really didn't. I went over this scorecard three times to make sure these were correct. And it is all correct. The, where I won was the surprises. Um, Mercedes, Monet, and Grado, both uh, surprises, which I picked, uh, won it for me. They really did. So, woo, NWO back on top, people. Which means, I, I, I think it's safe to say that the Bullet Club old, you guys should kind of hang it up because you're not winning. You're not, uh, you're not, you're not succeeding here in this uh, rivalry between us. Um, we, we let we let you think that you guys had it, but you just don't. So, all in all, man, just give up. Just, just, just lay down, wave the white flag and say, you know what, NWO, you guys are better than us. We will admit it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for ever trying to pick a fight with you, NWO guys. You are the best. That's what you guys should be saying. But you know what? I know for a fact that you won't. You'll beat around the bush and you'll come up with some lame excuse because, you know what, much like CM Punk, you're all the same. Bullet Club Old and CM Punk, you're all walking in the same direction where me and my fellow NWO mates, we just, we, we, we prove it. We prove that we're the best. And uh, the gold that's sitting around my waist right now proves it. So uh, welcome back to the era of the NWO. And uh, unfortunately, we'll be back again. Fuck me. Next week, um, I don't know if I'm going to put another episode out before the next pay-per-view with my predictions. I might just do the same thing where I post my predictions. Um, But until next time, guys, we'll do it again. We've got Payback, uh, WWE, and All Out. I don't know how I'm going to do this, man. I don't know if I should do just one big collective scorecard or two separate, because it's, it's fucking annoying. I hate when we have three pay-per-views in, like, the space of two weeks. It pisses me off, but whatever. Um, all right, guys, until next time, stay around, listen to some cool Bray Wyatt shit, and uh, rest in peace to Bray Wyatt, man. Love the guy. So sad we're never going to get to see him again, but life goes on, and uh, we're here to cry on each other's shoulders if we need it. You just might have to move my world championship off my shoulder to do that. <laughs> Take that, Robert Hungy. On time, on next time, this is me, Hollywood Tim Davis, signing out. <sighs> Dip!
since the dawn of their existence. Mankind has struggled to answer one simple question. Where do we go when we die? A man of science! But have you believed that we just become one with the earth? Nothing more. Hmm? And a man of faith! But view things from a much, much different perspective. But what about those like you and I? We're special. For us, there is no death. This world.